is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. What a way to start this week. Three games on tap for the Toronto Maple Leafs this week. If Sammy had anything to complain about last week with lack of activity, with just, what, two games last week, a Wednesday and a Saturday, we are going to get shot out of a cannon coming off their 3-1 deficit. Saturday night, the Toronto Maple Leafs beat the Oilers 7-4, and they're right back at it against the Buffalo Sabres tonight. Colorado on Wednesday. Carolina on Friday. Ooh, Ottawa boy. on Saturday. Hockey. Um, we There's not enough... There's not enough time in two hours, Sammy, this week. Well, just uh, on a ho- non-hockey note, I know we were keeping our tradition alive of starting with non-sports uh, hockey <laughs> stuff, but uh, this one's for Borny, who's a diehard Jets fan, mm. as, and this is from Trey Wingo, who's a very reputable source on Twitter, that hearing Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is done. History wow. about to repeat itself in New York and Green Bay, because, of course... I very nearly bought a Brett Favre jersey once upon a time. Time is a, indeed a flat circle, says Trey Wingo. Wow. So, there you go, I boys. Mike White signed in uh, Miami. Yeah. What do you think, pal? You're, you're all Jets. Is this a good thing, or is this yeah, just a over-the-hill over ad? Is this, is this Marlowe to the Leafs? No, it's, no, it's not. No, well, Marlo, it's absolutely you're not. Marlowe, you're pretty good at first. You're pretty good It feels like Marlowe to the Leafs. Uh, I, I like it. I, I like it because for the watching the Jets for all these years, there's nothing to cheer for. The most successful quarterback they've had in 20 years is Mark Sanchez. You know, it's been lean times. At least I'll feel like Aaron Rodgers knows what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, I watch a lot of football like I do every field. year. And... Uh, their quarterback play legitimately sewered them in like seven games last oh, year. So pain. can't be worse. Can't be worse. Okay. Great there you news. go. Thank you. No problem. We're glad everybody's uh, aboard on the, the next two hours here. Where are we? Are we on uh, Sportsnet 590, the fan, or the Jays sucking nope. the air out of us again? No, there we are on the air today. Oh, Ooh. I'm so happy We're to hear. We're on the air today. Yeah. We are on Sportsnet's YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now, iTunes, Spotify, our YouTube channel. All righty. What do we have? Like three hundred people waiting today. I mean, they're 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 buddy, chomping at the bit. Buddy, these these Leafs are exciting. Stuff's happening. Is it good stuff? Well, most of it is. Did we feel most. that way? Down three one to the uh, Connor McDavid Edmonton Oilers Saturday night, or Sammy? Were you cursing somewhat? Uh, I had uh, a a lot of texts. From a lot of friends saying some things that they probably would like to take back at that time. At that point, yeah. Listen, I didn't. I thought uh, the Leafs played pretty well, even up until the three-one point. I thought they got some pretty suspect goaltending, and then Connor McDavid with that pretty brilliant play where he blows by McCabe, slip, slips at five. Well, still a goal you want for Murray, but I thought that they played really well the whole game. They're just two mistakes they went into their net. So I was pretty pleased with the effort all around. I have to be honest. Kipper, curious to hear your take. How do you feel throughout the night? Didn't like what I saw out of Matt Murray, I can tell you that. Oh, man. And that one, regardless of how this thing played out, mm-hmm. was the question. Listen, both teams, again, mirroring each other with superstars and guys that can carry the offense. And then somewhat of a questionable defense. Yeah, And then... We're the goaltending. Yeah. We're, we're, we're on both sides. Mirror. Yeah. 
I can see it. I can see it for sure. And, and it makes for exciting hockey. Like that's a fun game when goals can happen at any second and lead changes. But yeah, both teams going into playoffs be like, we have a Stanley Cup contending team provided we get saves. And on Saturday night, no one really got saves. So Matt Murray played better throughout that game, according to his own coach, and is going to play again tonight. I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit there, but really fascinating to me that they saw that and said, I know Samsonov is apparently not 100%, but... We got a lot to dive into yeah. with the goaltending here. Okay. So we'll just start off this week real early with Sheldon Keefe's first Kippers Clipper on Matt Murray. I mean, that will go tomorrow. Uh, like I said, I think it's just, I mean, there's a couple things that play. we got a lot of hockey this week, so both goalies are going, are going to play. Um, but I do think it's important for Matt to, to get a little bit more consistency in the net in turn, uh, rather than large gaps between starts. Uh, again, maybe influenced by the fact that I thought he got better through the game last night. So there's that. We're going to use both guys. And, you know, uh, Sammy's... You know, not quite at 100% right now either. So it's just a little bit, it makes a little more sense for me to give him a little more time and get Murray some more consistency in the net. This kind of has me a little worried for them. Yeah. Like big picture or just tonight? Big picture. Yeah. So a couple things about that. Are you worried that they want him to be the starting goalie? That Murray is going to get hurt. That Murray isn't very good. What What are your concerns? The concerns is, is both of them can handle a heavy workload. Yeah. Which means that you're going to try to get through the first couple of rounds bouncing, bouncing between them. Like a couple of games here, a couple of games there. Like Samsonov right now is not... 100% healthy. Like, it's not one definitive thing that puts them down. It's like these little things, and it's he, he's kind of shrugging it off. Like, eh, he's not quite 100%. It's like, why? What is he? Yeah. Why is yeah. he not? Like, nobody's quite 100%. No, it's but March. You, you, don't, <laughs> you don't announce everybody not being 100%. What is with these guys that they yeah. can't just play? You know, it does seem like one of those things where game one of the playoffs, he probably could. But I think they want Murray to get some run. And, yeah. uh, you know, everything I see and hear and read and whatever from around the team, like you get this sense, and we started the season saying this, they want Matt Murray to be the goal. They want him to figure it out and be right about him, the Sioux guy with the two-year deal and the, the higher-risk contract. They want him to be the winner in the end yeah. of this contest. I, I don't want to put this in the universe, but it's something that's been floating around my mind ever since Murray came back, and I saw that started on Saturday, and the fact they're going back to him tonight, I got a bad feeling that Keefe's going to start Matt Murray in a big playoff game when he potentially shouldn't, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost him. It's going to play at the wrong time. That's, that's I, I don't care what you think. That, Just t- tell me, do you think that starting game one? Yeah. I, listen, there's a long runway until then for him to get playing well, but I am regardless of how well he plays down the stretch here, I'm still going to be terrified of that. The one case I can see for playing Matt Murray tonight is the goal that bothered me most last night is different than most people, I think. It's the dry sidle one-timer where he has time to laterally get across, but his leg isn't extended. So there's like this on-the-ice room between the post and the toe. Like it's just, Oh, it, it was horrible. The it was, wraparound was horrible too. It was because he extended so much in the first place. 
But for me, the getting across in the dry settle one is so bad that maybe it's rust. Maybe he's not playing enough because that's not even NHL goaltending where you come across and your legs tucked under or whatever he was doing there. So maybe it is rust and he just needs to play a bit and he'll find it again. <sighs> I thought with a trade deadline and just the the waving of the white flag a little bit by Kyle and the management team to say we're not tough enough. We're not gritty enough. Yeah. That there was a a bit of humility there to come to terms with that and it's not quite that the team that we envisioned in the last few years on skill, skill, skill and speed and, you know, puck possession and all of that. And now I'm finding them kind of stubborn on this one a little bit. With Murray. Yes. It's a good point. They did give on the skill thing, skill obsession for some grit. Yeah, maybe it's stubborn. But But you only have two. But now you're still... You gotta get them sharp. But now you're, you're, you're really emphasizing that we got to get Matt Murray going, and I'm okay with that. But is it going to be pushed towards our focus is that he starts game one? I hope not. And if that's the case, yeah. then I I don't agree with it. I know. It's funny because you've been hoping that they would find – just pick a horse. And the horse that has been winning the race by many lengths is Samsonov on the season, both in terms of health, durability, um, you know, success, make it saves. So the fact that Murray goes tonight to me is just hopefully the couple influences, you know, get him games in a row, get Samsonov back, and then they go back to Sammy being the guy on a two-to-one game flip. We saw Samsonov go down and warm up the other night. We saw him go down the game before getting up gingerly. And I'm okay if you need to go back to Matt Murray because the other guy is nursing something. That's just a a natural thing to do. But, again, if it's to now get him ready and the emphasis is that you were never, Samsonov, you were never supposed to be our number one starting goalie. Yeah. And that we're still going to jam this square peg in this round hole, then... I'm not sure, but to Sammy's point, that there's enough time to ever convince that he is ready for game one because you, despite how he looks on the ice, there's that trust factor that I don't think he has enough time to to grab. I agree. Yeah, no, it's uh, 17 games left now, something like that. Like, it's getting towards the time where you just want things to look solid. On that note, things in the lineup have not looked solid. The, they have went back to 11 and 7. You and I have talked about it a number of times and hadn't loved it. Initially, we didn't like it. He didn't like it. Have you changed your tune at all on seeing them at 11 and 7? I No. 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 And I know it's a short sample size, but Gustafson hasn't shown me enough that he warrants uh, to be in the lineup. They really want to keep him happy. Really eh? want to keep him happy. Like, they are clearly doing what they're doing so Gustafson doesn't feel left out like they traded for him to put him in the press box but what they did was they traded for him to put him in the press box right during playoffs that's why he's here he's a security blanket and they don't yeah. want him to to know that maybe yeah. well he, he's going from playing literally 23 minutes a night yeah. to going into the press box maybe they think that's a little bit too much for him to handle but I don't know I 
listen, are you, so you got you're not softening at all on eleven and seven. I, I like this. I like that they're able to get out super lines more. There are more situations where you got to create a line and you go, okay, we can get Marner with Tavares and Matthews. Or we can get, you know, O'Reilly, Tavares, and, you know, you know, Nylander, whatever. I like that you can create super lines here and there, so that's good. I do think that it becomes very consuming for the coach and the players, always thinking about who am I with. It's different than the last shift. You know, the coach is always looking for what sort of situation they're in, who's got gas. It's just a lot to me, rather than just letting your guys play hockey and focus on the hockey. It's all personnel. Yeah, it it really forces, instead of finding just this rhythm, and a 60-minute game is a rhythm. What it does now is it makes it, it it takes the rhythm into the hands of Sheldon Every shift, it is, and it's you're always looking back. Always, Instead of watching players the game, are looking who we back. Got? Who we got? Right? It's like which bingo bangle ball? Yeah, came comes up, and the fans, and then I'm sure the broadcast will now watch every shift. Like it's what's he going to do now? Yeah. I just don't think that the emphasis should be so much on Sheldon now moving forward, mm-hmm. and that's what eleven and seven does. It just it's like. Yeah. It's a, it's a game within a game now on Sheldon. Who are you going to put out, and and what do we think of that last shift? Well, and as a result, I have no idea what I think of any one line. Like, I, I can't be like, all right, since they've traded for these guys, I've enjoyed this look, because you only see it a couple of times. You know, they might get hemmed in their own zone. They might have a good shift. That doesn't tell me anything over, you know, what to expect from them over the larger sample. So why don't we listen to Sheldon? Sheldon weighed in on, uh, on then going 11 and 7. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we also could make a decision. I mean, we we might discover through this that we just might be better at eleven and seven. I mean, we'll we'll see how we'll see how it goes. Like like I said, I I think I think look at how things have gone for us here of late, and you can see some some of the positives coming out of it. Uh, I think it's important that we're not just locked into twelve and six because I, I have seen some really good things for us. So uh, there's our own game. I referred to the other night. In Edmonton, that we were twelve and six, and we were struggling, and, and the, at eleven and seven, the Oilers were rolling over top of us. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning went eleven and seven throughout two Stanley Cup runs. I mean, so I think to just sit here and say twelve and six is absolutely the way that you have to play, I don't think that's fair to our group. We've we've got way more depth on defense than we've ever had. Love to go back to his initial clip on what do you think of 11 and 7 from two weeks ago when he said, Don't love it. I don't like it. I don't love it. That's what he said. Yeah. Okay. But now in games that they've done it in, hold on for a second. They've got wins. Yeah. So you have that piece of evidence. Mm-hmm. And then you have his first few words. Derek, can we play that clip again? Just the first part. Yeah, I think so. I mean, but we also going to make a decision. I mean, we, that's it. We, that's good. We have to make a decision. Okay, who who has to make a decision? You, Kyle, you, and Sheldon. your 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 assistant coaches. Yeah. Or you, Kyle, and Brendan have to make a decision. Well, you know him better yeah. than us. Yeah. Is is that on him and his coaching staff, or do you think now he speaks of making a decision to include his general manager and his president? So I haven't seen the relationship with Brendan over the years, but previously I would say that he heard 
us as the other staff members in the room and considered arguments, but it would come down to him and Kyle making the call. So that would be my opinion, is he probably means directly him and Kyle making the decision. You think that impacts the decision as in... Well, I'm just not sure if if he's getting mixed messages on what he wants to do and what maybe Kyle wants him to do. And if that's the case, then then he's going to flip-flop on it. Yeah, I think, you know, they'll work their best to come up with a solution they both like, and if there isn't one... But, but only one guy's Sheldon, coaching. Well, Sheldon will do what he wants in the end. It's got to be addicting, though, when you're using a certain style of lineup and it starts to win. Yeah. You're automatically going to start liking it more. Yeah, but right? I, I'm like, okay, so should they play Steve's Holmberg and McMahon, like the games they won with those guys in? You know, like no, you're there's, right. There's a point where you go, okay, but is it but the they have, for us? Well, it's just I think it's just the fact that they have better forwards, but they have less of them with O'Reilly out, and yeah. they have the defensemen. Like, I don't. At this point, I don't mind it because they're winning and I'm a fan of the team and I like when they win and, you know, they looked good on, on, on Saturday night. Yeah. It's just the only thing that concerns me about it is the lack of rhythm and lack of establishing stuff going into against a team who is very established with their lines and they know what they are. Like, indecision and trying to reinvent the wheel going in against Tampa is not something that's appealing to me. No. Well, and you made these trades. You got so much better on the bottom six. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I wrote last week, why do you want to turn a, a good bottom six into a good bottom five? Yeah. <laughs> and Nolachari was excellent again. Yeah. We've called it from day one. You want to throw up the Joey Andersons and throw Mulligans up there and make it look like an, uh, a, a, a four-month training camp for fourth-line fa- fa- uh, players, or you just want to go out there and, and get the real deal? Yeah. Uh, Malgan Chari's the real deal. Malgan, by the way, has uh, three goals in his last four games. The Avalanche. Yeah, so sure. Just, just, yeah, just no, wanted to put that great. out there. Yeah, that's that great. Zero. Yeah. zero. Just wanted <laughs> to put that out there for him. He means zero to us. <laughs> okay, but yeah, you, you'd think that in the playoffs you'd want three guys just to know their roles, know their job, know their their lane, and yeah. how they're going to contribute. And I just don't know if. If bouncing around constantly is going to help them prepare. I do think they'll find it. I my prediction: they go twelve and six to start the playoffs. Um, this is like the Gustafson, the way that we've talked about last week, getting everyone acclimated, comfortable, to feel important. You're a part of this whole thing. You don't want him having his pouty pants on already. I still think they go to twelve and six in the end. You know, the Achari experience has truly been unbelievable since he's been here. Uh, I mean. There's uh, good stats. Jonas Siegel had it in his Monday morning thing today. Since he's been here 10 games, he has four less hits than Engvall had all year <laughs> when he was here in the bottom six, really? which is baffling. But is three, that- three goals, 20 shots, 35 hits, nine block shots, expected goals at 64%. Wow. Very good. Go figure. Well, that's the thing. It's when you, like we talked about this all last year with them trying former first-line guys as fourth line Marlo guys, and Spezza, what would you say? And Joe yeah. Thornton and you all do here. and all these guys, and that they tried Simmons as well, and then they go and get guys that are defined bottom six guys that know exactly what their role is, and it's like Keith is over the moon about this guy. Yeah, like oh, I you think let's, over the moon. Let's have there's a two listen. separate clips on Achari. 
Let's right, let's have let's a listen to a how the first, over we'll the first the moon one. Yes, he is. Mitch, Austin, Willie, John, they're all on the board here tonight. I thought Noah Chari was unbelievable in all regards in the game. Scored, defended, physical, generated scoring chances. Um, he was he was excellent. So I just yeah, I mean, I thought it's good. It's a good team win against against a very good hockey team. He's like, sure, the guys worth 40 mil were good, but did you see Nolachari? Whoo, boy. Do you want to hear the second Nolachari clip? Does he have a contract next year? No, not yet. Yeah, he oh, doesn't. He just, as of this he morning. just got $4 million from Sheldon. Uh, do you want to hear the second one? Yeah. All right. I'd say it's, it's what I expected in terms of, you know, how physical he is, how strong he is on his feet, uh, how he's like just a gamer that does whatever it takes to win. Uh, I would say some of the offensive pieces have have. I mean, I know he's, he's scored twenty goals before and and all of that, and he has the ability to do that. But he's also like he's made plays, he's generated shots, he's getting in behind defenders, he's taking the puck to the net. Uh, so he's doing little things there that uh, show some great capacity for us. You know, lower in our lineup to be able to play against anybody, be a guy that's no fun to compete against. And chip in with us for us offensively, so it's it's uh, obviously a very important player. There are some that believe that you should never fall in love with your players. Um, but oh, that's it's that's it's love at first sight. Too late, it's too late for, for Sheldon. But that is an education in what they've been missing and what he's just been like coveting, right? Yeah, like he likes skill too, but he's like, how come other teams get to run into people? I want one of those. Yeah, and like, yeah, it's just. It's nice to have a guy in the bottom. Like, I've been impressed with him big time. So That's special. That's special. <laughs> they were, uh, the goal was a typical fourth line goal. Great fourth line right? goal. And give From below the, Reese, the goal line. I thought Camp, uh, Camp was really good Saturday night, too. Yes. Just, they, they, they grinded. They were yeah. down, but they, they, they grinded. Yeah. And it was, Get it to the again, a, a more playoff type of look the one guy that strikes me as odd it's odd to have a fourth liner who seems to need a kick in the pants usually those are like the desperate hanging on guys who you can trust the work ethic but seeing how good aston reese has been since he's had guys to kind of motivate him and like make him worried about his job a bit you're getting a much better aston reese in my estimation than you did pre achari pre lafferty so that's been a nice Added bonus. So how about we uh, talk about the top half of the lineup now, fellas? Oh, did they do something Saturday night? Four points. Mitch Marner. In Leaf history now, he is... Well, Sittler has 26. Mm -hmm. Mahovlich has 15. And Mitch, 13. Tied with Lanny and Boreas Salming. That's a pretty good company here. Decent. Yeah. Decent. I don't want to be that guy I told you so, but, like, last week I told you, for whatever reason, you know, including Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada, everybody says, like, it's Matthews versus McDavid. And I told you guys, no, it's Marner (laughs) versus McDavid. You stuck that in at 4.52 on one of our shows. Okay. (laughs) I just went (laughs) What is wrong with you guys? Like, why why do people... Is that not as sexy as Matthews versus Marner? I think... Or, I mean, Matthews versus McDavid? Listen, I think what it is, is it's the first overall pick thing. It's the Hart Trophy last year. It's this sort of... I think 
Marner has built up to this now where he has been the least best player this year. But last year, he wasn't the least best player. Matthew was the least best player. And the year before that, Matthews was probably the least best player. (laughs) But this year, it's built up to the point where, listen, it probably should be built as that, but it's just not going to be. Matthews is the first overall pick. He's a 60-goal scorer. He's the number, like, the the more natural, the two centers, it's the more natural thing to pit them against each other. So that's what it is, Kipper. Maybe not right, but that's the way it is. That's goofy. No, nah, that's not goofy. It's just that's just what we do in this business. That's our whole thing. <laughs> yes. You create fake news. <laughs> yeah. Bingo. Okay. But he was off the charts. That is absolute truth. That was like when a guy retires and you go, All right, we're gonna play their career highlight reel. You play three shifts from that game for <laughs> Mitch Marner. <laughs> I, I mean, he was unbelievable. The takeaways, he's now first in the NHL and blocked forwards among passes from Sport Logic. First first in the league i mean to follow up the pick on mcleod with that dangle did he not win the selkie saturday night i mean he, he again his takeaway is unbelievable he's definitely in the conversation he's no. one of those guys they got it they got to give it to an old bergeron because it's his it's actually called the bergeron trophy so they just they just give it to him every year yeah old bergie the uh yeah he was so good the takeaways were unbelievable um. Yeah, that second period when was they a true the showcase dead of the in the team. water at three one. Yeah, that McLeod play. What are you doing? God, you know, was... like of all the places you can go, but, <laughs> but the risk listen, reward is so terrible the, the, on that play. The game. The game now it, it is. It's okay to pass in the middle of your net. Well, it is, but not when the guy who's been voted the best right winger in the league two years in a row is standing in the slot. <laughs> you know, like. It's maybe not the time. Maybe bang that one off the glass. It's it's incredible that guys have no problem in that in that space to do that. Mm-hmm. And and I guess you know McLeod's been good for them, no question. But I mean, my ass is nailed to the bench, right? <laughs> yeah, doing that years ago. It's funny that growing up, how even if you made that play and it was successful. Your coach would be like, you're having a seat. We just don't take those chances. That's, you know, it's not worth it. And now it is. You're right. That's actually a pressure relief point on breakouts. They'll just kick it to their net front and. Oof. <laughs> it feels uncomfortable. But like he got, the thing is, it's like he didn't get anything on it. So I think he was obviously trying to get a nice like saucer pass, cross zone, and he just kind of flubbed it. And, Matt, and Marner just was absolutely all over it. And that move, like you said, you almost, you almost healed it. You know what the best the part is? Way. He's doing the spinorama, and then he makes a little stick handle to pull it back out of poke yeah. check range before yeah. he pulls it back it's in. The, it's the footwork that yeah. blew me away. Yeah, it's dancing in the slot. That was unbelievable. But, yeah, the, I mean, that what a showcase of what the Leafs can be at their best, right? You get goals from Austin Matthews. Great game by him. He thought he was wonderful. Tavares, what do you have, two and one? He was great. Willie gets a finish. You know, that's, that's it, man. I think that's, I think, you know, on a narrative standpoint, which fans love and, you know, I think do matter in, in the grand scheme of things. You go into Edmonton, was that, that was last week, right, or the week before, and you get pasted in their place, and it was probably your worst effort. That was the Bruce Springsteen night. That was, like, your worst effort of the, night, of the season. No puck pursuit, just looked awful. New your, players hung your, over. Your stars didn't show up at all. And then to go into a matchup on Hockey Night in Canada where, you know, you, you joke about it being Marner versus McDavid or Matthews versus McDavid. It was really the Leafs' big four versus McDavid, where yeah. all of them kind of answered the bell, and I thought all of them were excellent. Like, 
you know, you talk about the bottom six and Achari being great, but I thought all four guys in the big four had really great nights and they kind of lived up to the expectation. Okay, that uh, leads us into Sheldon Keefe on facing McDavid Saturday night. I mean, I I wanted to go with Matthews-McDavid matchup straight up here tonight. And, uh, you know, I think it's an opportunity for for us to take the puck out of his hands and and play on offense and and try to make him have to defend. I thought those guys were really focused tonight, whether it's just, you know, the Oilers on Saturday night and all that, playing against such elite players on the other side. And then, you, you know, we got handed to us pretty good not long ago out in Edmonton. So all that is fresh in our mind, and, and I thought the guys responded well. Yeah, it's a different level of competition. Did you think McCabe could have, should have, would have done more on the McDavid goal when he cuts above him? I, How do you go I dare, with I dare anybody to try to do better. Well, that's see, that's kind of the thing. It's like, yeah, he doesn't go with them, and it is his job, but like, I'm glad who you can say that. It's just that? Like, I'm glad to hear you say that, Kipper. It was just a tip your cat moment. It's oh like, what the hell gosh. are you supposed like, to do? Who can? Who Come can? On, like, like, peak Duncan Keith can maybe move his feet yeah. defending laterally you, against? You don't, you don't get to practice against that. No. You just see it and on the highlight reel the night before or the yeah. night after. <laughs> and then during, you you have to deal with it for the first time. And have you ever done, done like the mirror drill in like a hockey camp where someone tries to mirror your shuffling laterally, whatever? It's always harder when you're a step behind already. And it's McDavid and he's a step <laughs> ahead. It's like... Doesn't take long to get a step behind McDavid. No. No, absolutely not. So did you happen to see the Morgan Riley quote before that game <laughs> where I, Tavares said it's yeah, exciting yeah. to play McDavid? And he was like, I wouldn't say it's He's exciting. Like, does he play defense? Like, <laughs> yeah, he does said. he play defense? I wouldn't say it's exciting. So what did you make of the, the greasy stuff in the game? Uh, hold on. Do we have, did we play Keith on Marner as well? Let's just wrap yeah. that one up. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, you, need, you need a guy to make a big play, and, and uh, you know they they cough one up, but you know those kind of things. Although they look like a big mistake, they don't happen by accident. Uh, especially with a guy like Mitch is out there; he's reading that play, he's in the right spot, um, and then a big time finish too. It's just one thing to pick it off, but to finish. So, yeah, he was uh, he was great today. But I thought we got a lot of great efforts here tonight. There you go. I put him in bubble wrap between now and game one. Oh, my God, I know. If this guy goes down, it is over. I know. Over. The thought thought crosses my mind. But the thing is, he never gets hit, right? That helps. Yeah. Like, he has his head up all the time. Stick candles with his head up constantly. All the things you won't jinx. You want to say that, huh? Whatever. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) I I I test the hockey. I'm a Leaf fan. I've been the hockey gods. What have they given me? I'll test them all day. (laughs) What have they given? (laughs) They've given me zero my whole life. Yeah, it's like, oh, you got the conference final one. Your thanks. I'll test the hockey gods. Thank you very much. In about 15 minutes, we're going to have Craig Simpson, former NHLer, two-time Stanley Cup champion. He's going to join us, and we'll get into what he saw Saturday night against the the big matchup. We still uh, need to get into the Buffalo Sabres. Andrew Peters, former NHLer, now part of that brand-new player cast on Sportsnet's YouTube channel. They'll be along in the second hour to join us and tee up uh, the Sabres' chances, albeit slim, but I got to think... Uh, Running out of runway. A must win tonight. Uh, we'll get into Stamkos' injury. Boston dropping to Detroit. Plenty to chew on still on the Real Kipper and Bourne show. And, Sammy, you're asking me uh, about a little bit of that greasy stuff Saturday night. Yeah. I thought it was awesome in the first shift that, you know, Matthews throws out a little hip on McDavid. He goes down. McDavid slashes the 
Like, I don't think we've ever seen the two that. Two of them going out of it. Do you remember that's how great the, it was when Ovi and Sid would get into it? Oh, my it? God, it's like, the best. You know, and... Yeah, they, but that's they, not... That's not Austin. Ovi and no, Sid that's what I mean, hated right? each other, and I truly believe like, that and can, still can do. You, that's why... Those can two you bring I, it now on a consistent basis, that sort of edge that the God, Leafs now have a much... So much. Uh, I don't know, clearer, but better look... Of, of what they're capable now of, of doing. Is that is that now in the equation? Like, go, go to John Tavares. His slash. Cost him 5K. Cost him 5K. Just a well-spent like, 5K, by the way. Like, that's a nice look for JT. Yeah, don't cross check the really back 7th D like for the he, Oilers. He ever gets upset or gets rattled. Like, that to me is more the animosity that playoff hockey brings. Yeah. More emotion out of you, boy. That, that he got his five k worth on that baby. That was that's a not a chop. fun chop to take. That that's a, a chop. I'm telling you, right like, I'm, on the I'm, sweet spot. That hurts. Uh, that was against uh, Deharnay. Deharnay. Like, I'm telling you, in my day, you just you follow up JT and you just crank them. But I also feel like you I'm, wore those a lot more. I feel like I got slashed like that every other game. Oh, no, I don't know. No, maybe that, it was just no, the ECHL. That one, that one could have easily broke his wrist. Oh, for sure. It was brutal. It, it was, was a good great. one. Loved it. Full endorsement. And his coach endorses it too. This is, I hope these guys are learning. Marner, Matthews, Nylander. If you do something egregious, what Willie elbowed a guy in the head. Loved uh, it. Uh, Matthews cross-checked what's-his-name in the neck. Every time their coaches come out and been like, Two thumbs up. Great job, by guys. No issues. <laughs> Let's hear Sheldon talking about oh. the, the 5K, or Tavares on the 5K for slashing. Oh, clip on that. Sorry. I just put that in there. There's no clip. Yeah, there's no clip. Oh, okay. Yeah, my bad. Oh, okay. I, I sewered you there. Yeah, I, would, I would have been surprised to hear him say, yeah, that was great. Yeah, you like that? There's more where that grand. came from, losers. Would have spent 10, <laughs> 15. But I, I, uh, I just thought that, you know. Oh, geez. The Blue Jays took a baseball in the head. Sorry. Oh, really? Yeah. That's no fun. At 15-5 in the seventh. Yeah, oh, my don't God. Don't need that one that in my brain with the bases loaded. Um, squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> Wasn't that like uh, Homer Simpson did that with the bases loaded, got hit in the head? Um, <laughs> Thanks for that. No problem. I just, it's nice to see Matthews do that against McDavid. And that, to me, was a sign that he maybe heard some stuff after that game in Edmonton. Yeah. Where we came in here and crapped all over him for not being up to the to the... You know, which he wasn't. He was bad in that game, and they got killed, and he, you know, McDavid was way better. This is the thing with Matthews, though. It seems like when he has cause to be motivated like that, whether it's his first game of his career or an outdoor game or going for 60 or whatever it is, he's able to find that and raise raise the level to the occasion. And the hope is that in playoffs that exists too. And I know it hasn't. I know it hasn't worked out the same way you'd like it to, but the hope is that there's still, you know, that good gear. Shows up at the right time. And it really was that depth of your your three or four stars outplaying McDavid. I thought Leon Dreisaitl had a quiet night. Yep. You got a gift from Matt Murray on the, the power play goal. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, there wasn't much support for him, which... Ultimately, that's what you worry about the Edmonton Oilers, that if it's not McDavid and, and Dreisaitl, you're like, okay, when the games count, do they have yeah. enough? So their depth guy or one of their guys is Evander Kane. One of them for the Leafs is Michael Bunting. What are your thoughts on get, getting an embellishment call, him not fighting, yeah. Kane calling well, him out, again, all that? that's, that's just 
bunting that has kind of put himself in a position where he's trying to dig out. Yeah. And I think prior to that, he has had a quiet last couple of weeks mm-hmm. that including included his demotion and the fact that they weren't too happy with him. Yeah. But that to me is is bunting now just trying to find that middle. Yeah. Where I can't sit and not look engaged like I have in the last half a dozen games, but I don't want to go out there and, and fight and Evander Kane. Not only fight Evander Kane, but it's not a good but idea. Just put myself in a position where it, it looks like um these moments are about me and not the team. Yeah. It's hard. And and so we have pointed out that he's kind of got the label now as the, the guy who does embellish and looks for calls and whatever. The refs obviously know they gave him one. But I don't hate it. Like, I feel like you said he needs to dig out from that or whatever. Maybe he's got to just dig in and be that guy. Like, that's when he's at his best, when he's Alex Burrows. And he's, yeah. you know, natter, natter, natter. He's not going to fight you. He's still going to drive you crazy. You can do that as long as whatever you do from the beginning of the time that you start something to the time you finish, you don't bring a, a third party in. And you know who the third party is? The officials. Well, he needs the officials, though, because he can't actually fight Evander Kane. Well, that's a bit of an issue. I think the third party you worry about him bringing in is like with Burroughs. Like, did he make Kevin Bieksa go fight people? Or, like, are you yeah. now asking Achari, Lafferty, McCabe, someone to clean up a mess if he creates it? It hasn't happened yet. But I'm okay with everything that, that played out. In a perfect world, you 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 start getting the benefit of the doubt again, but that's going to take a lot of time for Bunting to do it. Yeah. But when I say that you don't bring in a third party like the official, it's like you don't have this exchange, and then there can't be this pause when you look at the official and say, hey, uh, you know, call it now. And it's like, no, 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 you just got to play it out the way it plays out. And then you let the official so You're asking decide. him to actually answer the bell. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I am. Yeah. I am, but you don't necessarily... Uh, this is me just... He, that's not the guy who can answer the bell against Kipper. where we are today, Yeah, you don't have to fight. Yeah. But you have to look like you're in a fight. You know who's going to be great without, for that? Without, without, like, looking, like... To the official. To the principal. Yeah. To save my ass. Yeah, you can wrestle a, school, a guy down or something. In a school situation, right? You're not running to the principal. See, Tampa don't Bay run, has these forwards. Don't run to the official yeah. to say, okay, uh, now, now, you know, the way I've scripted this, now you're supposed to call one extra on him and I'm supposed to look like a hero in front of my teams drawing another penalty. That's not the way it, 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 it works out all yeah. the time for you. No, certainly not. But I do think... It's going to be interesting because Tampa Bay has a bunch of these guys like him that want to go after the whistle. It's uh, Sorelli and uh, Kalorn and Hagel yeah. and Paul and the yap, yap, yap. And I can see Bunting having a lot of emotional investment in the yeah. game. But, yeah, he's not going to go fight Pat Maroon after that. Oh, he, he doesn't have to. No, he doesn't have to. He yeah. doesn't have to. He just kind of holds his ground a little bit and just watching the Rangers and Pitt on the weekend and I'm watching Truba do the – Truba thing, and I can't remember who he clipped in uh, just about uh, above the blue line, but then he gets challenged right away. Mm -hmm. And it's like you don't have to fight, okay? 
You don't. But he yeah. takes them you all. You don't necessarily. Oh, yeah. He's, 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 to, he's willing. You don't have to run away, but you can just not have to fight, and yeah. it's okay. And if you want to engage in that as the aggressor, then you run the risk of taking an extra two minutes, yeah. and that's the way it should get called. Yeah. And then, but I don't know, there's a sense that you have to fight after a clean hit, and yeah. it's like, no, you don't. And this is me. Yeah, that's an opportunity to take another penalty, too, or to draw a penalty. If you hit someone clean, people want to come run and jump you and whatever, there's a chance to say, I don't have yeah. to fight. I'll take the two minutes on your dumb or, you know penalty. what? We'll, we'll do it a little later yeah. when I want to yeah. or when we're... I'm a little tired right now. Right? Yeah. Whatever the case is. Yeah. But you want, to, you want to take the chance of trying to fight him, then you should be subject to a, a penalty. Yeah. Agreed. And that's what Bunting still has to learn. Got to find it quick. He's been better. I thought he was pretty good Saturday, but yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Craig Simpson's going to join us uh, after the break. We're going to get more into that Saturday night matchup between McDavid versus Marner. That's for you, Sammy, with your dumb theory. That more after the break. We'll be back. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right, our next guest got to call the game Saturday night all that fun let's bring in craig simpson former nhler two-time stanley cup champion hockey night in canada saturday night full of star power hey craig that was a good game uh good to see both teams kind of flex their muscles a little bit but uh i I think you know it had a good atmosphere and we always like seeing a game where you know especially on a saturday night uh good Two Canadian teams is always special. Great players, best player in the game. You know, one of the two of the good top lines in the game, and uh, I, I don't think it disappointed. I, I think uh, Edmonton will go home disappointed, uh, letting that game kind of slip away from them. But uh, I think from a fan's perspective, it had a little bit of everything. Yeah, I, honestly, one of the uh, the most entertaining watches uh, I think for fans for you know going back some ways. Now, what were your thoughts on the one challenge for the Leafs? I hate to start on the negative note, but the goaltending wasn't awesome. Matt Murray's right. going to go back again uh, tonight, which, um, you know, depending where you sit on that, might be a good thing for him. <laughs> but how do you feel about the, the Matt Murray showing and how it should affect the Leafs' plans going forward? Well, I, I think what it's affected was uh, a couple things. You know, it's one of those games that, um, you know, you could say, McDavid's five-hole goal, okay, that's uh, one he should have had. But I can show you 15 other goaltenders that McDavid made look silly in that regard, too. So, um, you know, I I think you can easily just examine and nitpick what what was either good or bad. Uh, I think the, the reality is, you know, getting those two points and watching what Tampa's done in the last little while with them sputtering along, uh, I think is a big reason why for Sheldon Keith, you're going back with Murray again. You say you kind of got a feeling in, of knowing what you've got in Samson off. I don't think there's any going to be any question that 
you know, especially on home ice, Samsonov's going to be your guy to start out in, in the playoffs. And I think what's happened with Tampa sputtering and uh, Toronto winning a game like that one where you're down by two, winning in New Jersey at the end of a five-game road trip when you're down by one, uh, just gives you the extra points to say, get the guy back in there, get him some games, get him some reps. And he, I think you you kind of realize what you have. You can't over analyze or hope uh, that you'll create something else other than giving the guy a chance to play and hopefully play himself to a position that maybe he's got more confidence going into a situation as starting as, as maybe the backup or a guy who could come in when you need him to. Craig, there's no question when it comes to Toronto fans or Edmonton fans, high expectations this year. It's almost as if it's yeah. Stanley Cup final or bust. While we all marveled at the individual talents of a Saturday night with the likes of McDavid and Marner and the rest of the group, um, but was there enough Saturday night where you said, regardless of the score, that uh, both these teams aren't going anywhere unless they really clean up a few things? Or was Toronto closer to that cleanup uh, with the with the uh, exception of maybe Matt Murray, yeah, no, I, I think Toronto as a team, you just look at the underlying numbers. You know, the the fact that okay, they're an offensive minded team, seventh in the league in that regard. That that can get you through. I think the key though is you know top seven defensively too, and that's going to be the key. I think one of our graphics going in with with Edmonton was. Uh, in the last month and a bit, they're the highest scoring team. They've obviously got the best power play, which has been amazing, but they were 26, 28th and 28th in goals against penalty killing and save percentage. And I don't care how good McDavid is or how good dress. I think we saw last year, you know, how, how much and how far those two could carry them, even with dry playing on one leg against Calgary base or uh, Colorado, basically, but until you can be that good, solid, defensive-minded team in the playoffs, I, I don't think you're going and going to be able to find a way to get through that too far. So I don't think there's any question, Nick, that the Leafs are ahead of the curve in terms of comparing those two teams. Uh, that has been a big, big issue and big problem with Edmonton and something that, you know, even look at Stuart Skinner there, you could say the same thing. Campbell's sitting on the bench because he struggled over his last uh, few weeks and, and up and down all season. And you could say in that game, you know, how do you feel as an Edmonton Order fan with Stuart Skinner being your guy going into the playoffs? So, um, you know, I think there are some question marks, but team-wise and collective defensively-wise, uh, I think Toronto's ahead of the curve in that regard. Just one follow-up on on Jack Campbell. There's no question what a a start would have meant to him yeah. facing the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yet the two games that we just recently saw, he doesn't get a sniff. Is that just damning evidence on how much confidence the Oilers have lost in Jack Campbell? I, I think it does, Nick. And you know, it's it's one that's kind of a double whammy. You, you might look and say, okay. Um, Jack, you, you try to build up his his, uh, his confidence in his game. You spend time with him in practice days and focusing on maybe, you know, your technique and all those things. But you know what a competitive player is. And you look at a couple of opportunities where games that you'd say, oh, this will be my chance. Give, it to, give me the net again. Let me go. And you don't get it. 
you know, it might have been the case of as simple as uh, Jay Woodcroft going, I know, I think the other guy gives us the best chance and we need these points. Or if I put Jack into this game and he struggles again, I might lose him completely. <laughs> and so, you know, you never know exactly what the decision-making prog- uh, process was there, but there's no question. I, I've talked to both you guys before about this of, you know, a coach in the playoffs having to make goaltender decisions is the worst possible scenario that you can have. And and uh, I, I think when, again, if we're sticking to the Edmonton-Toronto mode, I, I think you might have that same scenario presenting itself for both those coaches. That's such a big, a good point that in playoffs, even if you make the right choice, you just won't, don't want the coach to have to make a choice at all. Shouldn't be thinking about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. One thing they're going to have to make a choice on is They've gone eleven and seven here, three games, and I think when it, the the first time they did it, Keith said he didn't love the idea of it. Now he's going, you know, I don't know, maybe we find that's the best look for us. What are your thoughts on the, on the likelihood of the the Leafs going to eleven and seven for real come playoff time? Well, I, I'm I'm sure he doesn't totally love it. Um, you know, there's there's positives and negatives as you've probably debated before. I, I I think at times when you get on a good stretch offensively for your forwards. You can get more of your top guys in the games and get them maybe sparked a little bit more. I just think it's it's totally hinged on you know the O'Reilly injury uh, and then the additions on the back end. To have an extra defenseman in there now for three four games in a row just gives opportunity to look at different pairings. I mean, I, again, I I do think in some ways Tampa's little struggles have allowed you to maybe tinker a little bit more than, than saying, no, I can't leave it up to chance whether this works or not tonight. And so uh, when you have that many defensemen sitting on the wayside, I think they've, they felt collectively as an organization, they got to see what they got in a few. Gustafson played more than he ever had in the last game. Uh, you know what you've got in some of the guys. I think McCabe, they want to see, okay, who can he pair up with and look really comfortable with? And so I, I think it's more born out of the uh, the plethora of defense that you have and the injury to O'Reilly. If O'Reilly was in, I, I don't think you'd see them continue on the uh, the 11-7 route, but also look and say, okay, you come to Tampa and, you know, John Cooper's gone 11-7 a number of times. And, you know, maybe part of it is saying, you know, how do you, how do you put a lineup together? And maybe there is some advantage if you're going up against that similar kind of lineup to have it yourself. So you never know exactly what Sheldon's logic is, but I, I do think it's as simple for at least right now, of just so many D that they, they want to get in the mix and and not have three key guys, not key guys, but three NHL defensemen every night sitting in the press box. And this is an opportunity to, to have a look at what, what matchups and what pairings uh, might be able to work and, and have some success. As far as uh, the added grit and, uh, and just the overall feel of the Toronto Maple Leafs, again, we witnessed it a little bit Saturday night. Um, yeah. It, it it is quite remarkable what the change has done uh, for this organization in terms of now being a little bit more uh, playoff looking savvy, if that's a correct term. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at it just as simple as the style of play. And I think you heard Sheldon talk after that game uh, glowingly of Noel Achari, and uh, you know my old partner Jim Houston when when that first. Uh, game happened when the deal was done you know his comments texted me during the game was 
uh, love the addition of Achari because we lived it doing the the finals in uh, 2018 uh, or 19, whatever, St. Louis, when they beat them. That fourth line just did so much during the playoffs. We did Boston all the way through that year. And, you know, his comment was just how valuable that asset is. And you added Achari's, what, 200-plus hits, Shen's 200-plus hits, McCabe 130 uh, and all of a sudden, you just look at the style of the team and the way that they can play a little bit differently, and it does change it. it it's not necessarily going to guarantee a success, but you guys have watched enough of those difficult uh, series where now you might have an answer, and now maybe you can be the one changing the momentum. And let's let's not kid ourselves. I mean, part of the folklore with Elise struggles has been losing in game seven well you've gotten to game seven so you're a good team you're so close you know you're a bounce away and you you hope that maybe these little elements will be the one that allow you to finish off instead of having to at least get to a game seven and and i think the additions are are fitting in pretty nicely they are and you know one of the mainstays is the guy i'm going to ask you about next and morgan riley um and not not to be hard on him necessarily just do you think he has to have an offensive element of, of his game to be effective, to be what the Leafs need him to be? Or can he strictly not produce but just be a reliable guy? What do you need to see from Morgan to be the, for the Leafs to win? Well, if I, if I look and say, okay, now maybe if you had uh, um, McCabe playing more of a stay-at-home and maybe Brody playing in that role, who knows whether Luke Shen can play every day in the playoffs or not. But you look and say you got a little different element that maybe I don't have to be relied upon to dig in my own zone and to to break up the cycles defensively. Uh, I just think it's, it's – I look at it as it's been a frustrating year for him. It's been a year that you have a lower body injury and you maybe don't come back the same way. The puck's not necessarily going in for you after having, you know, some pretty good offensive years the last while. My focus, if I'm Morgan Riley, is get my body and mind ready – for the first game of the playoffs. And I've always said the playoffs are the great reset of, of the year. You know, it, it can rescue a terrible season. It can destroy a good season too. So if I'm Morgan, I'm more focused on, you know, getting up in the play and joining the rush and making Matthew's line or Tavares's line that much more dangerous by being that fourth guy joining in, I think is what you're going to need from him at those critical times. But I think now you're going, like, erase the negative because it, it has. me. You know, I don't think players listen to you guys or around, but even just watching them, it's been a bit of a more frustrating year. And I look at it as a, a, a breath of fresh air to finish the season off and start fresh in the playoffs. And I think his focus now is getting his body healthy and his legs good. And then I think you're right, Jason. I think he has to be a part offensively. You know, maybe that's the difference in a game that the elimination games that the Leafs have only scored three goals in the last four of them. You know, maybe that defenseman beating his guy in and and jumping up and making the play might be the difference to win you that series. So uh, I I think it's going to be an important look come, come playoff time what Morgan Riley looks like and just get through to the end of it with trying to get your mind and body and your game up to, to a high level to be ready. We know Morgan Riley's doing an endorsement for pizza 
Poor guy. Come on. Pizzaville? No, no, no. I, I don't know what it is. I, I honestly don't know what pizza company it is, okay. but I know that he didn't serve the biggest pizza of the night Saturday. <laughs> that belonged to Ryan McLeod. Can you tell me, yeah. Simmer, when going up the middle of the ice, you know, three feet in front of your own net um, became acceptable? Because yeah. I know where I would have been doing that when I played. Yeah, you would have been planted. I can see uh, Keenan wouldn't have had a, a keen sense on that one, would he, Nick? Um, you know, I, I think that another example of knowing who you're playing against, too. And and there's a challenge, again, of a of a third, fourth-line guy who's playing a big, bigger role with Edmonton. Just time of the game, uh, danger areas and making the safe play. And, uh, you know, that that's where he kind of marveled how quickly the game turned around off of the stick of Mitch Marner. A couple of knockdowns that, uh, you know, five seconds later, you're right back into the hockey game, and three minutes later, you're leading it. And, you know, those are lessons learned, and that goes back to being a ready playoff team to know what the danger is, know what the risk-reward factor is, and you hope a kid like Ryan, who I actually really like, I think he's made a lot of good strides, and he's going to be important for them. And there's a lesson learned with, uh, you know, 15 games left till playoff time. The Sabres uh, team they're going to face tonight, they, they done? They got a chance here? Is there... Well, <laughs> what do you think? You know, what a, what, a, what a run for them, isn't it? Like, they, they look like they were getting themselves into a position where they could get back and maybe make a run. Uh, but, yeah, this stretch, you know, uh, 03 and 1, 1, 5 and 1. And they, they, you know, even if you could wrestle three or four points out of that seven game stretch more, you'd be right there knocking on the door. But now they've brought, you know, three, four teams into the mix as opposed to just having their sights on one. So yeah, as much as they've, they've made great progress, they're, they're another example, as you were saying, Nick, they can score goals, but. Man, they just defensively are are inconsistent and, and haven't quite got to that level yet. And so tonight's a game for them that you have to be thinking with one win in your last seven and seven points out with four teams in between. You've you got to win this one, a three-game road trip against Washington, Philly, and then you have Boston coming up. So uh, I, I know they'll give a good effort. They always play well against Toronto or at least create a lot of excitement, but uh, they they were so close, and don't you think much like Ottawa? You know, you had those five wins in a row, and now you've lost a couple. It's so hard to keep that energy up when you're a team, a team chasing and chasing three to four teams in front of you. It's going to get real busy this week, Simmer. Buffalo, Colorado, Carolina, and then Ottawa on the weekend. You're going to be a big part of it. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on our show. Thanks for doing this, man. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Take Thanks, care. Simmer. Craig Simpson, the voice of... Hockey Night in Canada for Sportsnet does a terrific job. We love having him on the show. Yeah, he's excellent. Tonight is one of those games, although the Leafs have had great success against Buffalo this season, Yeah, this is one that will come back and haunt them if they don't look after business. They can't. They can't handle the, the Sabres for some reason. I really thought the Sabres had a chance to get in. Like, I looked at Ottawa and kind of thought it was a long, long shot. But yeah, to Simmer's point, their last seven games here, like lost to Columbus, lose 7-1, they win a game, lost 3-2, lost 3-2, lose 10-4, lose 2-2-1. Like you can't, you're not catching anyone when there's all those teams in between you and you're dropping games at this rate. So I'm curious to see, like, is the wind out of their sails? Is the 10-4 loss to the Stars the one that makes them go? Not this year.
Um, I'm calling my shot. Tonight, there will be an Austin Matthews, not fight, but close to fight with Dalian. <laughs> do you think he can get up for the Sabres? I do. Yeah, I don't see it. I do. I just don't see it. Listen, it's not, it's a, it's not, not, it's not calling a shot like I'm saying Matthews is going to score a goal. It's no, not this as, is a, it's a sh- 140 to 1. How yeah. many games has he played? 500 to 1 this odds. Is your, uh, this is going back to Rasmus, you're, you're thinking? Yeah, I think him and Dalene are... Is he it, playing tonight? Yeah, he is. He's back in. Uh, he was running the top power play unit at practice this morning, so I think he's back in the lineup. If, How about this stat from Sammy? Go ahead. At, at what no, point do we point. not look at Austin Matthews and just say this is the way he plays the game? He's about the skill, about scoring. He doesn't engage in that stuff, Sammy. Uh, he did. He, You're just hopeful right now. He cross-checked this man in the mouth last year. Darlene is on pace for give 81 me, points. You give me one example in six years? Yeah, this guy. <laughs> he's always No, he's had it, disagreements with him in the past. Like, not cross-checking him in the mouth, but he hits them and they get into it. He hates them. We all have our guy. And even it's even definitely guys his, who are tough. All right. It's we definitely guy. his guy, and I'm telling you tonight that something's going to happen. Darlene's all on right. pace for 81 I'm points. I'm holding you to it. I'm going to go you. to the game tonight. I despise that, I'll dude. watch it right, right from the get-go. Okay, Darlene's 81 points would tie Phil Housley's 1990 season for the most points in a season by a defenseman in franchise history. His 63 assists would be the most by a D-man in a season in franchise history. Darlene is having that kind of year. Franchise history points. Actually, probably a pace better than Matthews, I would imagine. Starting to come together with their core, for sure. The Sabres. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, you give did them their, a full season of games. I like their odds a lot more than I do uh, having a catch. Levi, their prized goalie prospect, get knocked out? You're asking a big ask there. You're an NCAA <laughs> guy. I played there. But we, we're going to see Craig Anderson tonight. Yeah. yeah. Clearly, that's run its course. Yeah. You know, I think they went into this season not intending to make playoffs and basically said, maybe we'll get a good pick. Like Their goaltenders were Comrie and Anderson this year. Next year, maybe it's Ukapeka Lukanen and Devin Levi, and they're hoping one of these guys becomes the next Shesterkin. By the way, try to say Ukapeka Lukanen and Shesterkin and not mess it up in the same Ukepeka sentence. Ukapeka Lukanen, Igor Shesterkin. Okay. So with with uh, Northeastern's two-one loss to Providence, Buffalo Sabers prospect Devin Levi could make the decision to sign with the organization, so they are out. Ooh, that's coming. That's fun. Two-year deal. Yeah. Then these guys burn one year off and... Better for everyone involved. Negotiate after next year a new deal. Yeah, you don't want the guy... Pretty simple. uh, Vancouver just signed their prize possession in the NCAA. I forget his name. (laughs) But it's starting to happen now. I got nothing. I tried to help you. I wasn't trying to be a jerk. I I know. It's fine. It's fine. But I'm just saying it's starting now. Yeah. Which leads us to... How soon can Matthew Nyes lose? <laughs> just, they, they won yesterday. The or, Gophers did? Or a couple of days ago. They beat uh, Michigan See, that State. That one you would know. Yeah, you, you'd have heard about right? that for that sure. That one you would know for yeah, sure. That would come up. But so are they at the point, though, in the are... season where if they lose, they're done? Oh, yeah. No. Are oh, they? Yeah. We're getting down to that? And I think he's rated or voted. I don't know what, what exactly the, the call was, but... Most ready to play in the NHL, Matthew Nyes. Yeah, he put up those kind of numbers in your 6'3", 210, makes sense. He better be. 
You better be because Alex Steves is probably not. <laughs> so, so Bobby McMahon's back. That's exciting. Take a look at he's his healthy. goals down got, in the minors. Yeah, he's got 16 in his last 16 games or something. He's on fuego. He's, he had a little he's injury, the Austin Matthews in the of last year for the Marlies. <laughs> what a parallel. <laughs> um, so the uh, uh, Minnesota, Matthew Nyes' next game is in the Big Ten tournament. They beat uh, Michigan State on March 11th, so that would have been Saturday night. They beat them 5-1, and now they play the Michigan Wolverines. In some sort of elimination contest? I I, I would imagine the Big Ten tournament is elimination. Uh, And then, yeah, so then isn't that Fantilli's team? Michigan. So you guys they, are yes. really putting a lot of my college yeah, hockey knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantilli, who played for the World Juniors, plays yeah. for them. Well, so that'd be, a, that'd be a real game. From here on end. If you can watch that one here. Sammy, you are our NCAA guy. So I'm what, taking it out I've of the hands of JB. So, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to text Nick Richard and ask him, and then I'll and then I'll, yeah. <laughs> and then I'll come on here. Text my boy I'm, Nick, who I'm knows all this stuff. JB down to the under 16. <laughs> uh, oh, no. You're not going to make, <laughs> yeah. make him watch junior hockey. Sounds like this is a good place to make some bucks, the GTHL. Oh, oh. Under Anyone 16. Anyone agrees a couple palms, I'll promote your kids. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not <laughs> uh, kidding. On that note. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need to go to break. Okay. Uh, Andrew Peters is yeah, going to help criminals. us tee up tonight's game on the Buffalo Sabres and what we can expect. Darlene versus Matthews. Sammy's calling it tonight. We'll get his thoughts on uh, that and more. Andrew Peters, after the break, you're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born. Smart takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right, let's bring in Andrew Peters now, former NHLer. Big part of the brand new player cast on Sportsnet's YouTube channel. Buddy, you're you're busier than um, Biz Nasty. Not really, man. I just left lunch with my brother, so that's not busy. (laughs) Uh, Wings, Buffalo wings. No, you know what we did, man. We went. We hit up the. uh, You ever go to PF Chang's? Oh my! One of my favorites. Oh my God, I love PF Chang's. We used to always, Thomas Vanek used to always want to go to PF Chang's in Boston because there wasn't one in Buffalo at the time. It's like we're in Boston, man. There's so many great restaurants. We're, we're going to PF Chang's, but it was all, we were only going there for the Sapporos. Thomas Vanek, man, I hope he bought because he, he made a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Conveniently, a lot of guys left their wallets uh, at the room, back <laughs> in the room when we went to dinner with Van at the table. Nice. All right. So uh, what, what do we expect tonight? A, a desperate Buffalo Sabres team here. Is there, are there still thought that they can find a way to get into the playoffs? Uh, so I was going to ask you, are you guys just licking your chops? Absolutely ready to take advantage of a wounded duck. Because, man, I love the Sabres this year, but... It, it, I think it's starting to it's starting to fade away. You know, they're they're too far back, and now they're just playing for their pride and to keep it close. But I don't know, man. I, I 
I never, I never go against my heart. Like I can bet with my heart, which is not good, but I got a feeling Toronto is going to wax the Sabres tonight. Well, that hasn't happened very often. Um, you know, and, and the anticipation I think in Toronto is that it's going to happen even less in the years ahead. Uh, pretty good pieces being assembled there in, in Buffalo. What are the thoughts on what needs to come next for them to not just make playoffs, but do more? Well, you need you need some depth guys, right? Like, look what the Leafs did. You know, you guys went out and you had your studs. You know, they're starting to establish their studs. I think they still have a few young studs that are a couple years away from being, you know, studs. How many times am I going to say studs in this segment? Um, <laughs> but, you know, the Leafs, the Leafs had all that. They tried to run the table with it. hasn't worked. And then well, look what they do. They go out and they grab depth defensemen, depth forwards, you know, they, they made a big move in net, and, I mean, that's kind of what the Sabres have to do. Maybe not to the magnitude that the Leafs did, but they need that. They need third and fourth line guys or, you know, sorry if we're, if we're being politically correct these days, bottom six players. Um, and you need a couple, couple you know, tough defensemen and, yeah, goaltending. But, I mean, they, like, they had a good run. They can they can make some some life out of it. I just think the Sabers are done. I think they're they're too far back, but they have those three games in hand on the Islanders. So, you know, if there's a game that they can win to get them back on the rails, it's tonight. I just don't see the Leafs letting this one slip away. I just I don't. But who knows? It might catch them sleeping. Tage Thompson. I think last time the Leafs played didn't score. Is it as simple as if this guy has an, a great night, they got a chance. If he doesn't. They have no chance? Uh, yeah, but not quite to the McDavid dry sidle level. But, yeah, like I would say that if that top line in general doesn't produce, there just isn't enough secondary scoring on the Sabres. And they mix in some injuries like, you know, Darlene's banged up, Samuelson's out, you know, Tuck. There's talk of Tuck maybe being back tonight, but... I, yeah, like if, if if that top line in general, Kipper, if, if they don't score, Sabres, they, they give up too many goals, man. They give up too much. They can score, but they give up. Like, look at the game where they lost 10-4. It's like you scored four goals. That should win you a game in the NHL. But it doesn't. So, or at least it doesn't when you give up as many as the Sabres do. So they need everybody to score. Unfortunately, that's the, that's kind of the position they're in. So tell us about the exciting decor between Darlene and Power. You know, what have those two been like this season compared to what uh, Sabres fans have seen on their D in the in re- recent memory? We talked about Darlene today on the podcast, and we were we were kind of discussing whether or not is he a Norris Trophy ballot guy this year. And that's that's what he's developed into. And Owen Power... He won't win rookie of the year. He may not end up on a ballot, but he should. I mean, he's having a really good year, skates like the wind, you know, youthful, obviously, but that's your future on the back end right there. And the biggest question going forward for these two is how much are they going to make as a duo? You know, I mean, we're talking about two guys that could be, you know, 20 million on your cap between the two of them. You know, if Darlene's at, 10, 10 and a half, does power get to nine, nine and a half? Like uh, your, uh, you know, your 
your uh, Warenskis or your um, Darnell Nurses or guys like that. So, or uh, the other guy in Seth Jones in Chicago. So, you know, that's your future. That's the future on D. Those are the guys to watch on the back end. But again, you got to build around them. Samuelson's hurt. Is Yoki Haru a top four defenseman, or do you need to go maybe in the off season grab a Colton Pareko? You know, someone like that. But I don't know. Like it's it, it's like what is the perfect recipe? You know what I mean? Like it just seems like every year a different type of team is winning the cup and. It's just hard to hard to figure out what the exact recipe is, but you got to get that core in place, and those guys are definitely a part of that, right? We're talking to Andrew Peters, who covers the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, Petey, where is Owen Powers' upside? Uh, like, how how good can he get? Can he get Headman like? What is that? Is that seventy points? I mean. Can can we meet at like 55, 50, you know, somewhere in there, uh, 60? I'm not even worried about the points, to be honest with you. I just meant, like, can he control a game like Hedman can when he's out there? I think his skating ability can allow him to do that. If he develops properly, without question. He He's he's like a gazelle, man, to steal the words from Craig Reve. Like, yes, if, if that's what you're asking, then yeah, absolutely. Points-wise... I mean, if, and if he's doing that, the points will come. But to like what, to what amount? I don't know. But control the game from the stand. He's, I think he's a better skater than Darlene. Darlene's more of a an elusive type, like mobile guy, where Owen Power can just pick up the puck and step on the jet, man, and, and he can start flying down the rink. So, you know, Darlene's a little more, you know, slippery. So, I think I think Power could definitely turn into that kind of player. I mean. Just because the Sabres are where they are in the standings, I like that you're bringing these guys up. They have a lot of great players to watch, a lot of young players too. Yeah, so now just tell us about the goaltending situation this season and heading into next season, kind of what the Sabres have had and what they expect to have in the near future. Oh, man, I don't know. Craig Anderson, bless his heart, he's 41, he'll be 42. Um, Given everything he has for this team, um, can Comrie and Lukanen do it? You know, that Devin Levi, the, the stud kid from uh, – there's stud again, mark that one down. You guys should have a bell. Um, you know, from Northeastern, you know, there's a lot of hype around this kid, and he just finished his college season. So, you know, I guess around here, Devin Levi watch is in full effect. But, like, what's a college kid going to do for you fresh out of college? Like, I don't, I don't expect to have – any anything from him for at least a year and a half. So I'm not saying you won't see him in the NHL, but I mean, actually like control and take control of the net. So I don't know. I mean, I think that could end up being the, the Achilles heel for this team for obviously this year, but then, you know, probably next year, if, if they, if they have all their eggs in Lucan and in Comrie, I, I hate to take away from those guys they are obviously good goalies, but we're talking about, being good goalies in the NHL versus being goalies that get you to the playoffs in the NHL. And I believe there's a significant difference. So it really would fall on the performance of Lucan in next year and whether he takes that step in the, into the level where he's projected to be. And I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. He's had spurts, but not enough that makes me think like, Oh yeah, this guy's definitely, definitely ready to, 
to uh, take the reins by any means. So I I don't know if they go and address that in the offseason or if they just continue to roll the dice on that one. You know, that surprises me that that there isn't uh, really overly optimistic uh, sounds coming from you that this guy, Levi, is not the answer. And, you know, and... Well, I'm not saying he's not the answer, Kipper. I'm just saying, like, when is he the answer? He's not the answer today. I no, mean, no. Talk about, talk about pressure, but in three years, maybe. But, like, we're talking about a team that is, like, right on the big brink of the playoffs now. And if they had yeah. an elite goalie, they might be in right now, you know? So it's kind of like, it's frustrating from that aspect. I'm just saying in, in a yeah. couple of years, that's when we see Levi, but not next year. I don't, I, I mean, if so, then, then he's, then he's amazing, but I just don't think that's realistic. So until we see that, I'm out on that theory. Pete, I'll get your take on the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and kind of where they're at. Obviously, they made some uh, big acquisitions um, and hope to be better uh, suited for playoff hockey. Do you think they are? I hope no one in Buffalo is listening to this right now. Okay. <laughs> okay. But because of how our, because of our hatred for the Leafs here, but I'm a Canadian kid. Yeah. I grew up in St. Catharines. I watched Hockey Night in Canada as a kid. Was raised by my father, Don Cherry, Ron McLean, Bob Cole, Harry Neal, and Orville Redenbacher. All right, <laughs> and it's a good lineup, I, elite lineup. Uh, so, listen, man, that is that's better than the starting lineup for the '92, '93 Bulls. <laughs> I, I, I want the Leafs to make a run. Oh, I lo- I love Shanahan. You know, like, I'd never have been really a Dubas fan, but I've loved what he's done. You know, I've loved Sheldon Keefe ever since I played against him back in junior. I just loved the way he played. And I, I want to see the Leafs do well. I, I Manny Maholtra's there. I mean, I want to see the Leafs succeed because I believe the NHL, obviously from the HRR standpoint, but the NHL is better when the Toronto Maple Leafs are good. And... And if they win this year, my theory for Matthews to Arizona is even stronger. <laughs> you got a theory? Can yeah, we hear yeah, it? I'm staying away from that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I got to drop that one every time I every time I come on with you. You know what I mean? Because eventually, it, you know, we'll we'll find out what the truth is going to be. But oh I want goodness. the Leafs to do well, guys. I mean, you know, it's it's just it's just that's hockey. I mean, when the Leafs are on TV in the playoffs, it's it's nostalgic. I, I don't know where you go from Orville. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I'm also a big supporter. Well, listen, um, it's going to be interesting from here on in. I get, I get your uh, your 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 sense that you want a good goalie now, but uh, the timing with Kevin Adams and the way he worked the trade deadline shows that uh, he's crystal clear that our time is not now. So, to your point, you know, you watch even a. Uh, Thatcher Demko in Vancouver, and he's turned into a pretty darn good goalie right now. Uh, there is a sense that these kids come out of NCAA and they can't get ready without having a good three, four, five years maybe in the organization. So, uh, our- Spencer Knight, Spencer Knight in Florida is an anomaly. You know like, that one. You're right. That, that, that's that's a unique circumstance, but. There's one area where you don't want to be wrong, right? If you're if you're taking your time and you're patient, and that's goaltending. So, 
I like I like the uh, I mean I like the approach because I don't think playoffs were realistic for the Sabers this year anyway. But um, it's just it, as as that that player that player feeling you're sitting there going like man so close and you know they wanted it in that locker room right so you're you're just sitting there saying like you want I wanted it for the players more than more than anybody else and then obviously the fan base you know you're going on a baker's dozen years here with no playoffs it's it just, sucks because it's such a great fan base you know just one more for me um pd and that is like i i do like a lot of the things that kevin adams has done but is there anyone in that fan base you just mentioned moments ago saying if we had this all mark we'd be in the playoffs right now well i'm sure there are um i'm sure there are and i mean there you go that's it's a lot of salt and a wound right there, Kipper. Well, Way I, to go. I owed you to you for Leaf fans for mentioning Matthews leaving. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, so here's the thing, right? I mean, they had a chance to sign Allmark. The time wasn't right. It just wasn't right. You know, he, he wouldn't be doing here what he's doing in Boston. He's got the Bruins in front of him. He doesn't have a, a decent Sabres team in front of him. He's got the Boston Bruins who are still in, I think, still in single digits, or they might have just – past 10 I can't remember but the lowest lowest losses in the league you know and like he's a huge part of that but I think the team in front of him is a bigger part of that than than what he is but I'm not trying to discredit him I just don't think he'd be doing that here so no I don't I don't think that Allmark would have been the answer to be honest with you but, all right buddy we really we'll appreciate your know. time we'll never know oh, and, I appreciate coming on guys love it love and, having you on and Peters Keep, Thanks, keep pal. Keep the sober fight, man. Yeah, appreciate it, yeah. PD. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, you got it, buddy. You All got right. it. We'll talk to you soon. He's a riot. Oh, he's the best. Yeah. <laughs> I Good teammate to us I on the show. It's just the math. He he. The last time he came on, he traded Nylander for nothing. I I love that he throws in that piss off Leafs nation. But it's there. also you know there's the support of wishing them well. Yep. And then start and the then pot. throw throw a yeah. jab. Love it. Don't, I don't agree with him on Allmark. I, I think he's he has taken it to another level, and I, I get, we'll never know what he would have looked like if he kept that that traject, trajectory for the Buffalo Sabers instead of Boston. Yeah, but he's a damn good goalie right now, and he'd be a damn good goalie on any team in the league. It's funny. There's what. 10 starting goalies in the league, you know, like the legit number one guys. And he's one of them, you know, like he, they'll be looking for a guy like Allmark yeah. for, well, unless Levi becomes it or UPL. Uh, I get, they didn't want to pay him. Yeah. Right. He was should've. already making uh, good money, but he didn't have enough proof that yeah. he needed that next level 5 million a year. Fun question that I had with Mike Fuda on uh, last week was, there's 32 teams in the NHL, so logically there's 32 number one D-men, but there's not. How many number one D-men do you think there are available in the NHL? Do you know my, what I mean I'm, by I'm sorry, that? Available? How many number one D-men exist on this planet? Like number True two number, number ones. Because like if you're the number one D-man yeah. on a bad team yeah. and you're, you know, know, like Darnell, Darnell Nurse with his six, number one, you eight. think that low, eh? Eight. I suggested 20, and, and Fudo went with you, and he thought lower. He thought 10 to 15, like number one, run your power play, log 27 minutes, carry the play. Like we're talking, yeah, you're writing down Hedman. 
Oh, that's the top of my list. Yeah. It's Makar, it's Yossi, it's Fox. Yeah. Petrangelo. 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 You know, like you'd have to go through. St. Louis didn't think Petro was. They thought maybe Colton uh, Pareko was more important. Yeah, did you do Carlson? McAvoy. Who? Eric Carlson. Uh, Yeah, you got to give it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. He's going to win the Norris, so I guess we should put him in there. Uh, Ekblad? Did you say Ekblad? Didn't say it, but no. I, I would. Ekblad for me, no. Okay, I agree. I, nope, not even close. You know, Carolina, Dougie Hamilton, is he one? Yeah. Uh, he's, John he's, Carlson, uh, is he one? Yes. Okay. Jake McCabe. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Provorov, no. Watch out uh, for him. About eight to ten, I Dallas. said. Yeah, like it's not a, it's it's an interesting, and so I feel that way about starting goalies where there's. Uh, Lindholm. Number one? No, I'm just saying, yeah, like, though. Like, a close. Be number one on Toronto, I can tell you that. Yeah, Josh Morrissey. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just not Drew Doughty. There's Truba? not that many. Fox? Yeah. Did we say those? Yeah. Sorry. Quinn Hughes? <laughs> Sorry. Quinn Sorry. Hughes, yeah. Chikrin? No. Anyway. No. It's interesting. Yeah. But, but it's like how many superstars? Also, uh, it's a Morgan Riley conversation that I'm taking the back route you know, at. You need longevity on that too. You got to be able to anchor, yeah, an NHL blue line for I think a few years before you truly get labeled, yeah, as a as a bona fide number one. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because like a lot of teams have a number one. Not so sure that they would be. Yeah, like I said, at least do have a number not, number one. Yes. Jake McCabe. All right. <laughs> on saying Kipper that. Kipper won't even acknowledge his What's that? Oh, you weren't listening. I was just saying no, that, I the, least missed do, it. that the least do have a number one defenseman. His name's Jake McCabe. I like Jake. I thought he was, I'm again, for- excellent Saturday yeah, night. Me too. I love the fact that he is he's willing to go and breathe on people in the neutral zone and mm-hmm. just, hey, just be aware when I'm on the ice. And, and pissed has, off at guys in front of the net. He He's done it. He's filled in for good Jake Muzzin. He really has. I like that his okay. face looks like it's been hit before. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a face that's <laughs> a little gritty face. 100%. I agree. He does get the not. wobblies every once in a while, though. He, he does just, he tend to blow a shoe here and there. He does. He, he yeah. can blow a wheel. Yeah. That's great. It's just All great. Right. Can't, that won't come back to haunt no, them ever. What? <laughs> News and notes. Uh, let's start in the Atlantic Division, okay, Tampa. home of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And what we've been seeing lately out of the Boston Bruins and mm. Tampa Bay. Boston loses to Detroit yesterday. Oh, they clinched a playoff spot, by the way, uh, Boston. Okay, I've got a <laughs> bit of an issue when we start hearing stuff like the Boston Bruins... Uh, and NHL history. You can't just blanket NHL history anymore with three point system. Yeah, with a yeah. three point system and uh and uh shootouts and uh three three on three. You just can't. No, and same Don't like- ever compare Boston's run this year to the Montreal Canadiens in like nineteen seventy six. Yeah, and not even that it's unfair like like, maybe the Bruins are better. But it's just not an even comparison. It's tough to do that. You, Same with, I think the all-time Leafs points in a season record was like 104, 105. They had 115 last really year. But pisses it's like, me off. 
It pisses me off. Does it? Yeah. When I hear, oh, the the most now in NHL history, you're not allowed to say that anymore. You have to almost say modern uh, history, modern history, uh, salary cap history. Yeah. Because that's when the biggest changes came was post salary or salary cap era. In the salary cap era, this is a new record for uh, the the most (laughs) successful regular season in NHL history. Yeah. In NHL salary cap history. I, I just looked up the Montreal Canadiens from 76-77, the record-setting one. They lost eight times in 80 games. In 80 60 games, wins yeah. and, and, and 12 and ties. N- none of those were in a shootout. No or, overtime. Over to, you know. So how many... They had 387 goals for and 171 against. So how many, <laughs> how, many, how many wins is Boston because of the new system? You know, we could look that up for sure. I don't know. Offhand. Yes. Well, they got nine regulation losses, maybe ten. So they have ten regulation L's. So they've yeah, and so, five OT losses. Okay, so we're talking about maybe uh, six, eight overtime wins, probably. Yeah, for, for an extra there's point. A, there's actually a category in the standings. S O W, isn't it? Or seven OT wins. Shootouts and wins. Seven OT wins. So that's between shootout and OT. Seven yeah. wins. Comparisons only work when like yeah. apples to apples. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really tough. The same with... They want to use I'm the also, history, I, I'm, but they changed history. Yeah. You can't have your cake and eat it too, NHL. I'm annoyed by all the all-time NHL records that are being set and stats that were never recorded till 20 years ago. So all the guys who've been in the league 20 years, like Luke Shen is the all-time leading hitter. How dare you yeah. two great Leafs. And Marcia Giordano is the all-time leading shot blocker. Yes. Tell Craig Ludwig's legs that you know, Mark Giordano blocked more shots than him. Or, How dare you? Know, you. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe no one counted back then because no one really cared. Yeah. Right? It's about the team. It wasn't that important to get credit on a blocked shot. <laughs> you know, but you're but now we wanna, getting now we for glorify passes it. today. You now, know, we, that's now, a, now we have to glorify it. We, we're doing it here. We led the show with blocked passes today. Um... That's a pretty amazing stat, blocked passes. That's a good stick, though. It is a good <laughs> stick. Uh, <laughs> compared to, like, you know, shin pads. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I agree, Kipper. Boston, you know, no good. No good. They, they don't deserve any accolades. I really appreciate that from you. You know, they're not one of the best teams in history. They actually stink. They've got a secretly... Uh, Montgomery or Sweeney, maybe Cam Neal. There, there's got to be a part of them saying, thank God we're losing now. Oh, like, yeah. Let's, like, come on. And they're not you, even losing now. They've you, you lost would, twice in three games. You would. They're eight and two in the last ten. There, yeah. there, could, be a, <laughs> there, there could be a part of you that, like, w- wants more losses now. Yes. Just so they can just. So if you have injuries, bring them on right now. Deal Let's with get something. everyone healthy before the playoffs. Like, could there be a worse feeling going into the playoffs if they have zero adversity? Um, but I don't. I also don't love Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay right now is terrible. Three, five, and two. Three wins in the last ten games. They just lost to the Jets. They've lost. They lost everyone. The Flyers. They they lose to everyone. Um, I think they're they're under five hundred since February. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> just, can, can we talk about how they're they just bounce back from seemingly career ending injuries every time I'm watching them? <laughs> like I, I I was watching the other night and people are treating out. 
Hedman down on the ice. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, he's favoring his did, spine. Did, did, uh, his spine. <laughs> Elliot, did Elliot Friedman uh, start second intermission on Hockey Night in Canada with Stamkos going down as if, like, hey, Wait. Leaf fans, Look Keep at an eye on this. But well, it looks we could have an injury. injury. Isn't that great? He gets up from the injury and his leg's not connected. Kipper. It's flopping he around. Was like, he was literally shaking his leg like he was doing like a there's dance. There's no move. ligament there. He was, I thought and he was done for his life. there's just the hope that, you know, for Leaf fans, yeah, there's he's a hope. done. There he's is a done. hope. It's I'll over. It. Listen, Get out of here. I thought he was done. I was like, oh, You've he's got done. two cups. Have a seat the rest of your and, year. Oh, by the way, they won one of the cups with him playing one shift. So it's like 39 seconds he played. Sniped. He scored. <laughs> yeah. That's legendary. It is legendary. Uh, and it was a really nice goal along the goal line, went top shelf. I just, I don't, the lightning still, to me, they're like zombie lightning. I've it's been, like, so I've been watching. Oh, yeah. I've been watching have. lightning almost every night I can. They're still so good. Really, even when they lose, they're really good. I don't buy this for a second. Not for a second. I watched them down 3 1 to whoever it was. Is it Vegas? Tic-tac-toe, six-on-five goal. Tic-tac-toe, six-on-five goal. They just went, <laughs> turned it up. They have unbelievable chemistry when they have the puck in the zone. Kucherov like, on the flank is the scariest player in the league. He's got that, that slap pass shot fake thing down better than anyone in the league. It's and so good. He executed that one against Vegas after ripping one off yep. the post and hitting it. He'll hit it. Yeah. That's Which the thing. He he's got a one-time. the Leafs in yeah. playoffs last year. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So anyway, my point is not buying the... Tampa Bay Lightning struggles. God, there just has to be a part where it's just like it catches up to them. We, we, we're not allowed to say that anymore. No, I know. No, that's where allowed. you just go, come on. It's, they're tired. They have to be they tired. Aren't you runs. sick of this? Aren't you? Just be, you go just be old. Yeah. Be old and bad one year. Like, play like crap. <laughs> yes, be selfish. Play like crap. You know what the problem is, is they, they play in Florida. Yeah. So they're not looking forward to going to Florida. No, they get to play golf every day. Like, like yeah. the Leafs. Yeah, they yeah. get to play they play the golf whenever they want. <laughs> Sickening. Sickening. And, then, and they got John Cooper, who's like taking the time for the kid in the press conference. I'm like, oh, this guy. <laughs> like, he's a good guy, too, and he's great with the media. I'm like, he's oh, got to be, he's gotta be like Boys, that, could too. Could it fall apart? Could it really be that we're talking ourselves into Tampa Bay and maybe they're just not as good as they were, and they are struggling, and they are going to just feel, be what do we have left? right for the picking. What do we have left to think? There's nothing else to think. I guess just that they're playing possum. That's it. Because they, they haven't been winning games very left. much. They got 15 games left. They got this week, they got at New Jersey, at New Jersey. Nice. Yeah. Nice. There'll be two brawls. Can they fall out of the standings? Can someone catch them? No. We just had. Close uh, to Buffalo. We had Ottawa, sorry. we had uh, Petey just moments ago talk to us about Buffalo being out of it. Did we just watch the Ottawa Senators? Uh, yeah, not a great road trip. Uh, cash out uh, their playoff hopes. Yeah, they did. This has been the thing the whole way is that like they win, they win, they win. And people go, they're only two back. They're only whatever back. They're only whatever back. There's it's no like, room for air. Yeah, there's no room for air. Like you're, at all. You're going to lose a few contests when you're a team of Ottawa's true talent level. Minus five goal differential team. Tough losses, though, eh? Vancouver and Calgary last night. And not just, like, kind of got beat not by... in it. They got just, pumped. They did. From what I saw. Yeah. I mean, it's... It was not a great effort. You can't, you can't do it all the time. The, as we said, the Boston Bruins just lost to the Red Wings and who? Was it the Oilers? Yeah. So, there's still, what, 15 games to go? 16? Yeah. What is the... 
They got to go. What is the cutoff on true, like, meaning? Uh, the the term meaningful games, we're playing me- meaningful games. It sounds really good when you say it. Yeah, it's like. But where is that? Where's the where's the cutoff line? Like if so, Ottawa is now six points out of uh, the Islanders. Yeah, with two games in hand on the Islanders. So technically, you think that a bad Islander week, yeah. and a good Ottawa week can get them back in it, right? But like. There's teams between them for one, right? Florida and Washington, too. Does that mean they're still playing meaningful games or it's over? Well, yeah, it's not over. But, you know, people look at that and they say they're they're two games behind the Islanders. So they win those both. They're only two points back. Their winning percentage is 530. They're probably going to get about half of their available points or a little more. So look at their schedule. I don't think it's, it's getting any easier for the Ottawa Senators. No, I think there's Colorado in there. There's the there's, Leafs there's, in there. I know there's there's Edmonton in there. Tonight, Oilers. Tomorrow, Avalanche. Next, Maple Leafs. Then the Penguins. Then the Bruins. Then, oh, yeah, Tampa, then Tampa Bay. Then New Jersey. Then New Jersey. Florida. Night, night. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> no more meaningful games. <laughs> You'll always have old Chickren's grandpa drinking the coffee, guys. <laughs> um, yeah. They're playing meaningless games. Meaningless games. Uh just, I just wanted to circle back because we were talking about about Nyes. Yeah. And I did some texting and I did some reading. While oh, we were in the homework. Breaks. I did. So the, the game on Saturday against Michigan is the Big Ten Finals. So that's for their, to win their region, the Big Ten. Okay. If they win that or if they lose that, lose that they're, the they're still in the tournament. Yeah. So there's a 16 teams tournament, the regionals, which start March 23rd. Um, and that becomes single elimination. And they're there. probably a one seed. They're going to be a one seed for sure, regardless of if they win against... So they're uh, they're going to draw the zigzags in yes, round one. Yes, they're going to draw... <laughs> so they'll be winning one game. <laughs> and then, yeah, so that's March 23rd to 26th. Uh, and then the, the, the winning team from each of the four regionals will advance the men's final uh, Frozen Four in Tampa, Florida on April 6th and 8th. So there we so go. So we need them to not advance out of their bracket. Yeah. The 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 ideal scenario nice. for Leafs fans. Well, maybe if you don't want to pouty nice, maybe you'll stay one more year if he uh if they lose, but not a chance. Okay. Um so yeah, if you maybe lose in the regional final at some point, do not go to the Frozen Four. And how long does the Frozen Four last? April sixth. Like a and weekend? Eight. Yeah, yeah, April sixth and eighth. The national championship takes place on April eighth, so which he'll I get, believe is a Monday, right? Even if he goes and Sunday. finishes. He'll get at least a, a week. Yeah. What's their schedule? What's the Leafs schedule past April 8th? Uh, we, we've looked it up. It's to Florida. Yeah. Which is perfect. I mean, they're, if they're in Florida for the regional final, uh, for the Frozen Four, then they can go down and play oh. Tampa and Florida back-to-back. Perfect. You can get a round of golf in. You can relax. Go to get a Springsteen concert. Have a my time. Springsteen. Hopefully like, like the they're boys done were COVID. Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Florida, Tampa Bay, New York Rangers to end the season for the Leafs. Good thing those games won't matter. That's a heck of a finish. Yeah. I think both those games probably won't matter. But uh, what do we make of no the uh, Patrick Kane so far in the New York Rangers? I believe the guy on I Think You Should Leave said stinky. Bad. Stinky. Bad. Not good. Not good results, Kipper. I mean. You know what else is going on, too, is the media is all over them for availability of guys. In New York. Yeah, the goalies, I guess, weren't available on the weekend. I think our friend Larry Brooks wrote that, uh, like, 
You know, are you protecting them? Are you hiding them? I don't know what's going on. Well, what's with protecting these grown men? I know uh, Spectre on Sportsnet was writing about how the Oilers after that game sent out like Nugent Hopkins and Hyman didn't want no McLeod, no goaltenders, no, you know, none of the people you'd want to ask questions to. So I don't know. It's overprotection from PR people. Like, it, it, to me, it's doing damage to the product and the enjoyment of fans, which is what this know. is the I mean, end of the day. You've been around long enough. You can go out there and just generalize and... Yeah. We come on here and say cliches, nothing half the time. Cliche we talk, them to death. Yeah. We talk for two hours about nothing every day. Yeah. It's a they show about talk, No, they you talk do. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Got me between the eyes, Kippy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. It's uh, it's Oilers this week. Or sorry, it's uh, Sabers tonight. It's Colorado and then Carolina. Big week. Three very offensive teams. Yes. Oh, and we have one more clip that I wanted to bring up. Oh, uh, it's from uh, the Smartless podcast. We're, we're we're promoting another podcast on our podcast. It doesn't need promoting. It's doing yeah, just it's fine. Legitimately, the most popular podcast <laughs> in the world with Will Arnett, who's a diehard Leaf fan, of course. Yeah. Of Arrested Development fame, BoJack Horseman fame. They had Al Michaels on who is, you know, the legendary play-by-play announcer. Do you believe in miracles? If he had this to say about the Toronto Maple Leafs, so I just wanted you guys to hear it, okay? Yeah. Will and I both know that hockey is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry we had to take, you know, the, the gold medal, and, and and even though Canada may have, may have had better players at that time. No, I don't want to. But, Will, I mean, sooner or later, your ship's, your, your, your ship's going to come in. The, the Toronto yeah. Maple Leafs <laughs> One will, One will in our lifetime, Win a Stanley Cup. Yes, could I mean, be this that, year. That's been a you're in a desert right now, but but I'm, I'm feeling the oasis. Will maybe this year? Maybe Shanahan's up, uh, you know, in charge. There you go, guys. Now Arnett is a Shanahan Do boy. They're pals, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've tried really hard to get him on the show. Who's Shanahan, that? that'd be great. No, uh, Will oh. Arnett. Yeah. Oh, we'll get him on. You, do you know how? Do you know him? Can he come on as BoJack Horseman yeah. for the whole episode? Oh, you know him or Job? All right, we'll we'll get him on. Okay, get him on to start the playoffs. All right, that's my mission. Yeah, Yeah. that would be wonderful. Producer Kippy, I loved. There's just it's so funny that Toronto's like the most popular hockey team in the world, probably, and I still get like feel so excited when like a when Al Michaels mentions. I know, so stupid. I'm like, oh my god, they're talking about the Leafs. Like, do you have that call sound? Can you get that call in before we go off air? Do you believe? I got it for you. Do you believe in miracles? Oh, my God. That's yes. so bad. <laughs> so bad. I thought he nailed it. 10 out of 10. I thought it was perfect. Yeah. Now, what was the deal? Was that was that live? Uh, was that to tape? Or was that an actual live call? You weren't oh, even born. I, no, I mean, I've seen it. I, I don't know. I don't know how they would have done the, what's that What's the then. official word on that? I, I don't think they did it remotely. John like Shannon. Him. He knows everything <laughs> on that. No, I think, yeah, wasn't it? It was a tape delayed. With Ken Dryden. What? Was he... What do you he mean? was color commentating, I think. Was he? Yes, with Al. The guy's done it all. Wow. No, I just didn't. I didn't know that. So there you go. I think it was tape delayed, though. So all there right. You go. A lot of stuff was tape delayed back in the day when we didn't have access to every single. What do we thing. call it tonight? Uh, Petey says they're going to crush Buffalo tonight. Five one six two. Yeah, I, I'm due for just a really biased. So I have called a couple of wins for the Leafs here over some pretty good teams. I, I'm. I think he's right. Memory pitches a shutout. That'll just yeah, really complicate con- things. Really That's what's happening. Everybody. Four spit tonight. Leafs. Uh, 
4-3 Sabres in overtime. Oh, why oh. would you ruin our show like that? And it wasn't even about that comment. That's a general question. I just I just think that's... I, the Leafs are, haven't had a you know a stinker against a bad team since like a week, so it's about yeah, they time. They lost to the Canucks yeah, last Saturday. That's, that's, that's what I mean. It's been about a week. <laughs> yeah, so right. it's about time. I could see them losing tonight. And then Darlene and Matthews get into some sort of disagreement tonight. They lose tonight and... Uh, Uh-oh. Yeah, it's... It's no good. It's no good. We're right back to square one. No. And hey, Leafs talk, two. Leafs talk tonight. Me and JD after the game. Live on YouTube. Exciting night. Love when there's hockey. Leafs All hockey. right. Just like that. Wraps up another two hours where we solved nothing on the real Kipper and Bourne show. Oh, we had a few laughs. Craig Simpson, Andrew Peters, thanks for coming on the show. All of you continue to support us. Love having you along for the ride. Give us a rating and review if you get a chance. We'd love to hear from you. We're getting some great feedback, and it's all because of you. Thanks, everybody. Have a safe night. We're back tomorrow.